Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Something to give, either you have something to say, either you have someone to love, why, why, why are we here? There is a time for giving back, there is a need for one's own lack. There is freedom and commitments left. So why, why, why do we Tonight is February 25th, 2020. Uh, It's been a long time since I did a show. Hi, everybody. Tonight, we're going to have a really special guest, and I'm going to bring him right on. His name is Mike, and uh, he is a pilot. So let me just tell you that you can go in the chat room. You have to set it up. Uh, I haven't done this in a while. But anyway, you can go in the chat room, and uh, you can talk there. All right, so here we go. Let's bring on Mike. How are you? Hey, hi there. Well, I'm good. Mike, and I appreciate your asking me to be in tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot nicer to talk to you than just sit here and talk to the airways by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have done it, but, um, yeah, so let's uh, – I have been really kind of gone down this rabbit hole and seen what's happened with pilots and some nurses and uh, a few doctors, but more pilots than anything else. So I want to just say that we want to educate the pilots, and I think this goes for nurses and doctors, although it's a little different. It's really punitive with the um, doctors as well. I know that. there's a nurse, I want to just give a, a, a shout out to a nurse that fought it in British Columbia, and that's Byron, um, what's Byron's last name? Byron Wood. Byron Wood, that's right. And so he won. Uh, it's set a precedent there that they can't be forced to AA or AA rehab, but he said if he still wanted to practice, um, he would have to jump through some hoops. So. 
he's moving on. But it does set a precedent, and we do want to change things. Um, so we're, let's do a little bit of history uh, of the HIMSS program. Do you know the history? I do. Um, the HIMSS program, first of all, it's kind of an esoteric um, acronym. It stands for Human Innervational Motivational Study. And, and really, it doesn't mean anything. I don't know where it actually came from. But really what it deals with is pilots that have been identified with substance abuse problems. It, it helps provide a framework for individual companies to set up their own HIMSS program, which just brings people together that the FAA trusts in order to get these people back to work. Whereas in the past, it didn't happen much, and mostly because the FAA is just very difficult to deal with. They're, they're, they're hard to get a hold of. They tend not to return calls. And as weird as that sounds, that's enough to shut down careers. It's done it before. And mm-hmm. when they don't know what to do, they tend to just not do anything, which means you can't work. If you, if you lose your medical and you need answers, they just won't get back to you. Now, they have a trusted few people, doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists. In the case of hearts, there's certain heart surgeons and things. In the case of um, MS, uh, a quick side note, if you have MS, uh-huh. you can actually fly. But MS doesn't have a sudden episode. The episodes come on slowly. So the most important thing is if that person is psychologically sound enough to turn themselves in and not fly, they're allowed to fly. So it's not too much different than substance abuse. It's a mental thing. Wow, wow. So it is, and it started in the early 70s, uh, as far as I understand, it's, and it's never changed, and it's based on uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and its ideology. And when I called, I'll just like say this part, and then you know we can go forward. But when I started to call the Hims program, and you can go on their website, himsprogram.com, and then you see like who they are and um, who's the head of it. And I called, and these guys have all become uh, steppers, which I called them AA members themselves, pretty brainwashed. Um, human intervention motivation study was spearheaded by the Airline Pilots Association a labor union, and funded by the National Institute for Alcohol Abuse. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. That's the, now, the background. So they came later from a different source, but that was the original source of funding. Yeah. So originally it was designed to test a program for dealing. Anyway, enough about that. Um, so what, you know, I am in these groups. I want to put a plug out for anyone who needs support, uh, there's support for pilots. Um, you'd have to come through me first, and then they're going to vet you and make sure whoever you are. <laughs> but then I have all these Facebook groups, Leaving AA Deprogramming, and uh, I created one for pro-AA people to debate with us ex-steppers. And they they don't understand. They, what people say to me, and these are even like friends of mine who are not in AA, but they only know peripheral, which means they know very little about it, right? They're like, well, I don't want a drunk pilot. I said, wait a minute, did you not listen to what I just said? They don't even hear anything else. All the men that I've spoken to and women were not flying and, I would say like drinking and flying, drinking and flying, drinking and driving. They weren't drinking and flying. They weren't showing up drunk. They weren't showing up with any blood alcohol in their bodies. These are people who either self-report, like, say, Scott's story, or um, they got a DUI on their own time, and then they get sent down this rabbit hole. So let's talk about... Because we want to warn people out there, right? Um, never self-report. If you have a problem, don't go to your HR. Don't tell your union. 
go outside quietly and get help. Mm. Exactly. That is really the, 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 the crux of the problem is the um, HIMSS programs, like that, it's, it's company-specific. Um, and they're run in the companies by people in the program. So they're, when it comes to addiction problems, they're amateurs. Mm-hmm. At, the very, at the very best, they're amateurs. Many times they're just straight zealots, like you said. They've just mm-hmm. bought off on this. It works for them, that's great, but they shouldn't be making decisions for other people. Not only are they amateurs in the area of substance abuse, but they're amateurs uh, they're not doctors that interface with the FAA either, and but and they're convinced you, the FAA. They, that's what they told me. The FAA is going to want you. It turns out that was not the case twice, mm-hmm. and um, and I wouldn't have had to do all this, but I went to the union because that seemed like the only thing I should do. And they're on my side. They're not. They are not well, on your side whatsoever. If you have any problem, whether it be just a reportable incident like a DUI, a DWI, a, a drunk and disorderly arrest that you have to report um, the, what you really need to do is because your medical is going to expire is call out sick. That is legitimate under any union contract. Once mm-hmm. you're out sick, um, the company really has no business knowing getting in your medical shorts um, and then go seek help on your own. Honestly, you probably want to get in touch with you, get in touch with me and I can recommend some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, if hymns is for you, that's fine. It might be, I don't know, but but at least don't go talking to your own company about it right away, because they're going to send you down a rabbit hole, and and you're going to once you're in it, you're stuck, and, mm-hmm. and there's almost no way out except for getting fired. Right. Um, or or yeah, so, creating so really, another identity. Right. There's one guy who lied for five yeah. years and pretended he believed in it all, because you you can tell them that you sat in front of a psychiatrist who's a stepper, right? Oh yeah, is that you? They're all. I mean, everybody in the whole and everybody with any decision making, whatever, is is so far been a stepper. And wow. and and I didn't even know that at the time. The only way I made it through that, I got sent to rehab. The only way I made it through was I'm former military was using my practice prisoner of war school skills. I went to I've been to survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, and and I just I played the game. I just kept my head low and managed to make it through without any issues. I know people that spoke up during the uh, their thing, and they either get fired or later on something else comes up. Everything that they said in there comes back to haunt them. It's just crazy. But you won't have any say in where you go, what kind of treatment you get, nothing. And, and with any disease, you should have some say in your own darn treatment. Or if you don't right. believe it's disease and you just want some help, some counseling, great. Then go. But where pilots get lured also is the companies mostly all pay for this. Um, you know, well, they don't pay for it if you get cancer. you got to figure out how to pay that through your own insurance, out of your own pocket, whatever. Well, you need to treat any substance abuse problems um, the same way, and, and that's going to take care of yourself. If you don't, you really, um, you're really you stuck, and you got no one to blame but yourself because it was – now, in the case of me, I would have done something else, but I didn't even know. I had no clue, and you get sucked into it before before you know it, so this is – uh, it, it, so this is really only helping people that would listen to this. I might be go looking for some help with substance abuse. People just get stuck with a. Um, some people have been turned in by estranged spouses. I think he's drinking too much. Call the company. The company has an intervention. No kidding, a straight up twelve step intervention, and bam, they're in the program. Wow, wow. You know what else too? Wasn't there? There was a guy at the uh, who got into a fight uh, at the bar, 
and um, he, he was talking to the bartender, and, and something happened. He went up to his room, and that bartender sent those uh, his bar tab to the company, to the airlines, and said, this guy has a, a drinking problem. Like that happened at, happened at a hotel. That's happened That's a, a number of times. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk, one of the things that, it, you know, we know it's so complicated in that you have the FAA, you have the pilot's union, you have your company, say it's Delta or American or United, and you have the HIMSS program, you got Birds of a Feather, you got Talbot, you got Casa del Mar, right? So, but no, I'm just, I'm going overboard there. But so we have the FAA, we have the pilot's union, you have a psychiatrist you got to see, you got HIMSS. I mean, Tell us what happened to you and how somebody can avoid the pitfalls. Um, in my like, case, I don't know how I would have done it. I was a 20-year veteran in a major airline, 20 years, and I knew nothing about this program. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was a one-hour lecture during my new hire training. Mm-hmm. Somehow, 20 years later, that didn't stick with me. So I just get a DWI. Um, I'm required to get a medical every six months. Um so I, shortly after I got my medical, I got a DWI. Immediately reported it to my aviation doctor. He said, "We don't need to worry about this. You got to send in some stuff." And I did. Uh, we'll worry about this when we go to renew your physical in six months. Okay. Six months later, I go back and he looks at my blood alcohol content. It was above the .16. That's a guideline I didn't know existed, but it does, which requires a uh, substance abuse professional to conduct an evaluation. So he couldn't approve my medical. Well, it's expiring in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, he, and so he said he had to call the Fed. So he does. They, this is where they just didn't call him back. He's calling them. I'm calling them. Can't get any answers. No one will answer a phone, return a, an email, nothing, nothing. So I finally call the union. I'm down to a couple of days. Um, I call the union and say, oh, well, it's no problem to call out sick. If your medical expires and you're waiting on, on the Feds to get back with you, that's no problem. But because of the way it is, we need you to talk to the person um, in the HIMSS program. I'm like, what's that? And mm-hmm. so they call me and said, yeah, you got to go to treatment. Um, we'll set you up. Um, can you go tomorrow? I'm like, whoa, what do you mean treatment? Yeah. What's treatment? Oh, you, you got to go to rehab. I'm like, what? Well, Mike, you're oh sick. you got to get treated. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that sick. You know, I've been <laughs> flying for six months, no problem. Um, what, what? I was just, I was completely befuddled. I thought, well, rehabbing could be very hard. I'm not addicted to alcohol, so I, mm-hmm. it should be a chance to work out a lot. I had no idea what rehab was like. It is a, it is brainwashing and was difficult to get through. And to send someone who doesn't need to be there is, is hard. It's like, it's like yeah. taking chemo when you don't have cancer, man. Oh, um, my God. So, and I somehow just stiff-armed them and to give me a couple of weeks to get my crap together and do something with my mm-hmm. kids I already had planned and then – and I drove off to a rehab center, you know, parked my truck in a parking lot and walked in. Had no idea what I was in for. They were going to meet me there, but of course. And mm-hmm. so I, I go into this thing blind. But then I had no idea what 12 steps were. I had no idea that AA was was involved with like a rehab center. I thought that was a medical place where you go to detox. No, that's another mess, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately I was not involved with. It was a block away. Um, but, yeah, so I had no idea I was getting railroaded into this and the thing is once you walk through that door and process in which happens in a few hours now if you leave it's going to be against medical advice with people that have some pull with the FAA it's a bad deal now what I should have done 
if I'd known anything about this, I would have just contacted a HIMSS qualified AME, and mm-hmm. he would have given me real options. Just a regular mm-hmm. doctor that 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 had. And this is where my AME should have been probably smarter about than he was, and found another AME for me rather than me going to the union. The union, right. because I talked to nothing but steppers that were union people, that were union, they were pilots, line pilots, mm-hmm. and said, "Mike, you have no choice. You must do this, or you will never fly again." When faced wow. it with that, you tend to capitulate a little bit. Uh-huh. So that's how, and then I was in. I mean, it was it was. It was I, I, to say so I was wait a second. Can I, I just get shot. this clear, just in case someone else has this issue? At the point where this is at the very beginning, where you went to your so you, to get your medical, is it physical that you everybody gets every six months? Well, um, you don't have to get it every six months or a year. Or if you're flying for less than a Part 121, you might only have to get it every couple of years. Mm-hmm. But but and, um, if if you're if you're a pilot command and a Part 121 airline, you have to get it every six months. Okay. So you your AME could have said to you, uh, like if you knew like you have options. There were no options. It was like just go down this road. That's I didn't talk to an AME. That's what the union told me. Oh, okay. The union did. The, the, the stepper guys, the blind pilots that do this as a collateral duty, mm-hmm. told me I had no was what I had to do, and they were absolutely wrong. I could have just taken a medical leave of absence for two years, proved to the FAA I didn't drink for two years. I would have never even got a special issuance. I would have just gone back to work. Oh, wow. Okay, guys, you're listening out there. And lady pilots, that's an option. Yeah. Uh, the other one is we've learned so many things from talking to all the different pilots about how many violations, so civil rights violations, HIPAA violations, uh, religious freedom because AA is highly religious. Uh, you were, so you went to this place, you went to t- uh, you went to treatment, and you're there for 28 days, and you used your. Wow, well, I was there for 42 days. I got extended. Oh. And I don't even know why. So there's a bunch wow. of federal pilot or patient rights violations as well. Mhm. Patient rights violations. Yep. I'm going to put in some. Oh links yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're there for forty something days, and then what happens? You get to go back to fly, or you have to go to meetings, you have to go to an IOP. Well, so once you're done with that, then you start interfacing with your new AME. Um, you, that's him trained, and he says, and this is uh, just part of the program, and that is what it is. You need. Um, then you start. You sign a contract with your company that that um, is has all kinds of egregious things. You got to go to the 90 meetings in 90 days. You got to go to Birds of a Feather. You got to go to weekly group therapy. You got to go to weekly or monthly individual therapy. You got to go to semi-annual to your AME. All kinds of stuff. And uh, but and then within the first 90 days there, you also have to get a psychiatric and a psychological evaluation and all this weird testing. And then after about 90 days that your AME will submit all this information to the FAA, and it takes them about 8 to 12 weeks, and they either say, we're not sure about this, we want you to clarify it, or or you're good to go, and they'll give you a special issuance back, a medical, so you can fly again. You know what? I'm just reading something. This is so horrific. Every time I go on this website, I get so upset. Okay, so what, what I'm going I'm on the HIMSS website, and I, at first I was oh, just going to read, insane. like, the beginning thing, but I'm going to just read this. Um, it says here, 
the approach. Um, well, first, there's a, there's a list. So there's a bullet list that you need a full-time certified physician, addictionist, credentialist, or certified counselors whom are in substantial recovery themselves. Wow. Yep. Acceptance yeah. of addiction as a primary disease, insistence on total abstinence, separation of alcohol addicts patients from primary psychiatric patients, psychiatry and psychological consultants, a strong family component. Wow, they're telling you you're that you need a strong family component reaching into your family recovery based contract where they signed their children and their spouses up for Al Anon. Oh they had to God. sign a contract saying they were going to do it. Un- yeah, this, this, has, this has to be stopped. Recovery based on the total. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to just read this a little bit. So below that it says approach, right? And it says here, finally, spiritual restoration begins with early exposure to Alcoholics and Narcotics Anonymous, which are mutual help fellowship that embrace 12-step programs. Oh, my effing God. Like, what the hell is the FAA and a union? This is really bad stuff. This is why I'm still going on here with the pilot thing. Okay, so when you came out, you had to go to more, 90 and 90, which normal people don't do. Yeah. Nobody, you know, I mean, that whole thing was like rehab started to formulate the way AA looked. AA people did not do that. First of all, those kind yeah. of meetings didn't exist. You went once a week or something. But, okay, 90-90, and then you had to go to, like, three meetings. or Did you keep doing it, or when did you start to resist? So, um, well, I I just kept my head <laughs> down. And, and um, the problem is with requiring abstinence. So in order to, in order to test for abstinence, they, it turns out they use what they call ETG, ETS, and PATH testing. These, they, it, it took, we do not have the technology to make sure someone doesn't drink ever, unless you physically watch them. And these mm-hmm. tests they use are not FDA approved, and there's a large number of false positives, although they say none exist. I got one, and I stood up and said, they said, no problem, Mike. Go back to treatment for 100 days because you're relapsed. I'm like, I didn't drink. Something wrong with the test. No recourse. No doctor looked at it. I never even spoke to a doctor. Never spoke to a counselor. Never spoke to a therapist. Just a pilot told me I had to go or I'd get fired, and I said, well, I guess you're going to fire me. And, and, and I'm the first guy to apparently ever stand up. Other, everyone else had too much in the game. They had kids in school or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, couldn't afford to lose the job and fight it. Well, I'm, I've been fighting it for about a year and a half now. Um, yeah, I got – and, and uh, I mean, <laughs> I should have been on disability. I got my medical back on my own without going to treatment, which goes to show that the advice they're giving is bad. It's just flat flawed. Um, But I should have maintained my disability pay until I got my medical back. But they even took Mm -hmm. that the day they fired me. So they just they just hung hanging out to dry. So where are you at now, or can you talk about it? Um, I have an arbitration hearing coming up in a few weeks, and uh, so my entire career hinges on a five-man board: two company guys, two union guys, and a neutral arbitrator. Um, because of the Railway Labor Act, I'm not allowed to go to court with this. Contractual language is involved, so I have to go to arbitration. And that is uh, binding unless you can convince a court that the ruling was arbitrary or capricious. But um, the union's not helping me, so I've had to hire my own attorney, my own expert witnesses, 
and I'm into this for fifty or sixty thousand bucks. Wow. With with no income from my primary skill set. Jeez, um, how many pilots do you think are you know forced in this way? Like, do you have any how many, idea? Uh, well, I mean, system wide, there's a, probably a thousand um, that are currently in in a program. Um, guys that have been unjustly terminated, like myself. I mean, I know personally about fifteen. I mean, any given minute. Um, mm-hmm. There's hundreds of people who have been have, have lost careers over this. That either they just it it just wrecked their their home lives. It's kind of funny. Um, a lot of these doctor PhD programs and stuff like that are modeled on the HIMS program. It's considered so successful, everyone wants to know why. We have a ninety percent success rate. Success being that they um, believe them to be abstinent. Um, wow. The irony about that is is that why are we so much more successful than the rest of the world? The FAA will say because we have leverage. Well, you mm-hmm. can't let you can't threaten a true someone who's truly addicted. You can't. They'll do it till it kills them, right? Right. That's right. So, so, you, so you can't threaten them. So that's just BS. But you can threaten somebody who's not an addict. Mm-hmm. So their success rate comes from pushing people through this program who just simply don't meet the diagnostic criteria of being an addict. And they're forced into this program. They have no problem quitting drinking or if they got busted for smoking pot once in their life or, or once since they've been in the airline. Or maybe they smoked a lot. I don't know. But they didn't do anything bad. Most of these people, 90-something, 5% of them or so, you know, did not get caught, you know, intoxicated on an airplane or anywhere near an airplane. There's never right. been uh, an incident attributed to an impaired pilot because of drugs or alcohol ever. It's just not a problem. I don't, you know, there's irrational fears of it. So, yeah, except so what, the, the, guy, the guy who, sorry, the guy who flew into the mountain, the German guy, uh, he was proving to them he wasn't powerless because they sent him out to um, Arizona to a rehab. And I yeah. bet you he was like, yeah, you want to see how powerless I am? And uh, flew a whole, you know, plane full of people uh, into the mountain. But I, I like followed that story, and I said, you know, there's something about this. It smells like AA rehab. And when you learn how how it's the industry is so filled with it, uh, and you know that everybody's sent there, um, it's pretty bad. But uh, so it looks like there to, to be some kind of you're going to do arbitration, and then are you allowed after arbitration to to do a lawsuit? Um, I, I there are a number of avenues for lawsuits. It just they can't involve contractual language. So there's the uh, American with Disabilities Act violations uh, that mm-hmm. we can that uh, I, I'm looking into. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of uh, malfeasance with the uh, labs that conducted the testing on me, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, there was all, there's all kinds of, uh, of uh, like I said, patient rights violations and, and such uh, with the uh, treatment center that I went to. Um, you missed a mal- malpractice. I mean, bad diagnoses is a, is malpractice. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a number of other things to look at. You just can't do them without a lot of means. Um, and that's where most guys just capitulate and roll over. It's just it's so it's very expensive to defend yourself. Yeah, I would think so. And I think a lot of lawyers don't understand it as we've you know we're finding out you know that. Um, well, it's ironic that. I'm doing this tonight because this is how, how I found you is, you know, I heard a podcast you've done a couple of years ago and that guy 
had a good fight, a good head on his shoulders, and um, and was trying to help people just like I am. Mm-hmm. And he just eventually got tired of it, went underground, and, and and we haven't been able to regain. I've never been able to contact him. I got his name and everything. Um, he put it here, and I've searched and searched, and and I understand just being over this after years of this, and I mean it gets it's rough. You know, they beat him. I mean, they really did. Like, he, we talked about it, and he reached out to me and asked me to remove his name, uh, which I did. He said he hired a lawyer who thought he was going to win. He created a nonprofit. He was really speaking out. He fought and fought and fought, never got to be a pilot again, and gave up. And, you know, the yeah. sad thing is that there have been, in the early part of this, I guess I was at the end of making the film, so it was like 2014, I had a bunch of doctors call me. And one guy was suicidal, and I remember being on the phone with him and what they were doing to him. And then another guy called me from another state, and he said, "said um, she just gave me the 90-second warning. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he said he wasn't going to say a word. He wasn't going to fight back because he knew they would get out to destroy him. He could tell what they were like, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and, did, and just- oh, my God, it was really sad. Well, yeah. So, so the biggest thing I've got is if anybody has got any kind of questions on this or thinks you're going down this rabbit hole, you're trapped in it, need any kind of help, get in touch with Monica and, and she'll put you in touch with me. And and and, and we, we've we've made quite a network of people. There's, there's lots. We have lots of resources now. Yeah, I think so. I, so just out there, if you're listening, uh, you can contact me at make. AAC for at gmail.com. I know that sounds just so ludicrous, but that's my old email when I was in AA. I've been gone nine years, if you don't know me and my story, but um, I left and I've been trying to help people like this. And uh, so you can reach me there, or you can reach me on Facebook, or you can, yeah, I think probably the best way is make AAC for at gmail.com or through my blog, leavingaa.com. And there are, we have helped some other people by putting other pilots together with other pilots. And we'll leave, we won't say any names, of course, or talk about their stories on air. But it has helped by you guys talking to each other. It has helped. And you can see um, people um, through that support and coming together that they don't feel alone. A lot of them think they're just all by themselves. It's like, really, it must be really awful. But uh, I think I wanna, that other guy was. I think he was yeah. pretty much just all on his own. But but we're starting to actually network. I've got a bunch of lawyers I I could call anytime. I've got some psychiatrists, um, all kinds of all kinds mm-hmm. of professionals. And I'm actually also helping and I just helped a guy um um maintaining custody of his kids because of this testing. Wait, say that again? I uh there was a guy who had a, a bad test test just like I did and he mm-hmm. stands to lose custody of his children because of it. I told oh, wow. him, I gave him some very some very pointed advice to get him good forensic evidence to help clear himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, good. So we, we, we have overtly helped a number of people already. Yeah, so yeah, thing. we really have. We just keep helping, and uh, I hope, uh, you know, to be out that way soon, and um, I'll talk to you after we get off air. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick call back, but I want to thank Mike for calling in, and I'm going to start. It's, I know you guys, I haven't done a lot of shows. I was busy uh, working on making a second film, uh, a little bit of a short, and um, it's being edited right now. But uh, we will be back again and do other episodes, and maybe we get some uh, other pilots on. But I want to thanks, thank you so much, Mike, and everybody out there. 
look forward to seeing you on next time on the next channel, the next Safe Recovery episode. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you soon. Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. This is Monica Richardson for Blog Talk Radio on Safe Recovery. See you next time. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.